What is this, sideways, baby? I'm trying to order, right, some liquid potatoes from the motherland. Bring me a Diet Coke. Because I want something with bubbles and I want it to be black. So if you can't bring me a Guinness, bring me a GD Diet Coke and bring it over here now. Or the, okay? It's Dan Classes. Time once again for the, the bitterest pill. Um, you, you know. I'm in my garage uh, under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. I'm, I'm a stay-at-home dad shut in. I'm, I'm basically, I'm under so, uh, self-imposed house arrest. So it's really, honestly, not to disturb the others. That That is really, in so many ways, kind of my situation. Now, um, listen, I went out to dinner. And we were determined to go to a new place. We went to this new, for us, place. It's only been open, It's maybe it's been open a year by now, geez. You know, we get right on these things. Um, we went to this new place called, uh, I don't even know what, Tin Pan Alley or something. I don't know. Now, we always go, we, usually what happens is we say at the last minute, without, uh, without enough planning, we should go out to dinner, and then any place we can think of is either too far away or it's going to be too busy, and we always go to this one China Grill Bistro place, okay? Because we can always get in. And we like the food. It's not like we're compromising, but it's just like the rut, okay? There, that's the rut, and that's the rut. So we say, you know what? We got to go to this Tin Pan Alley thing or whatever it's called because we got to do something that we've, you know, right? We've got to get out of our stinking rut. So we call to try to make a reservation. They don't have a reservation till nine. We want to eat at 7.30. So we're, we're going to go we're like, well, how long is the wait? About 20 minutes. Okay. So we drive over there and our big plan is we're going to go in. We're going to give them our names. And they're going to say 20 minutes. And then we're going to walk over to the Apple store, which is in that mall. My wife is going to fruitlessly look for a mouse pad, which I keep insisting she's not going to find there. And then we'll walk back and then we'll see how much time we have. And it should time out beautifully. And then we'll sit down and have a lovely repast. So that's what we do. We walk in. Hello, Tin Pan Alley, whatever your name is. How are you doing? Uh, table for two for Dan. How long is the wait? Wait for it. 20 minutes. Oh, we walk across the parking lot. It's not even pouring anymore. We go into the Apple store. We poke around. I get to sniff the, oh, the new laptops. I get to, oh, just smell that new keyboard smell, baby. Mm, don't bring in your G5. Oh, it's so good. But are there mouse pads, honey? No. Okay, so we go back. We walk back over to Tin Pan Alley. The place is packed. Packed, packed, packed. There are people at the bar. Packed, packed, packed. People waiting in the foyer there. Packed, packed, packed. And we look on the list, and, you know, there's some people who have been highlighted off, you know. They're highlighting the people that uh, have already been seated. And we're coming up, you know, whatever. So my wife goes and says, hey, you know about how much longer? And the guy goes, oh, well, hmm, let me see. And he examines the list. He looks and he furrows his brow. You know, cute little host guy. And he says, uh, about, yeah, uh, you know, it's 20 minutes. Hmm. Okay. Well, 
normal people wouldn't have really minded that much, maybe. Because they'd be so excited to be out. Maybe they're well-rested. Maybe they don't have kids. Maybe they do have kids. They're just more normal. Maybe they drink more. Because my wife doesn't drink that much. She maybe has a glass of wine. And you know me. I don't have anything. So we can't belly up to the bar. And we're married. We see each other all day and night. We have nothing to talk about. Honestly, it has all been discussed and rediscussed in real time over and over and over. We really, honestly, we want to sit down and order some fish maybe, maybe an appetizer, a couple beverages, and eat and get out. We might, right, we're discuss, should we go see Avatar? Should we do this? Should we just go home? We've got a screener of Precious, so we watch that. I don't know. All I know is that I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry, and I feel like I'm on a foreign planet, some sort of alien, right? I I need an avatar to go out and do these things for me because I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sick of being surrounded by normal people that can just go through life and do normal things like normal people can do while I stand there and grind my teeth waiting to be seated. It's starting to make me come unhinged. Because you know what? The, the decor isn't so much that it's going to make me happy. Right? That I'm just standing there and it's always 20 minutes before I'm going to get seated. It's not making me happy at all. But you know, like little, like two female couple, like, um, you know, uh, like two girlfriends are going out to dinner. Like they keep coming in. Little threesomes, little foursomes. The guy with his perfect girlfriend. You know those perfect girlfriends that have the perfect hair? It's probably pulled back into too tight a perfect ponytail. And their makeup is perfect. And their uh, lips are perfect. And their fingernails are perfect. And you just go, God, she's so perfect. She's probably the biggest pain in the ass I have ever seen. But my God, she looks good. They're perfectly just perfect and kind of surveying. the. And it's kind of, you know, the guy's got that weird sort of almost predatory look about him. Like, Argh. But no one seems that edged by the whole fact that we really are actually in some kind of weird time warpy limbo thing where no one's getting seated. And then there's an older couple behind us who's also not getting seated. There's just the two of them. There's the two of us. There's also the two of them. And they're in about 90. And they're not getting seated too. And she is at least in a chair waiting and he is just kind of, he's standing, but not upright. He's kind of like, when we came in, he was at like a, maybe a 25 degree angle. And he's slowly, like, like he's melting. Like he's, he's becoming an F. And then he's just eventually going to just, his head is going to touch the floor. And he's still going to be on his feet. It's going to be this weird kind of melted upside down U shape of a, an old man. Waiting to be seated at Tin Pan Alley. Well, then becomes the inevitable question, which is the question of all time. Again, where's the effort line? When you're waiting for a table. Because there's there's got to be like a, we're getting hungry. And if you don't see it as soon, we're going to, right, you've crossed the effort line and we're going over to China Grill Bistro. Your food doesn't look so outstanding and your decor, like, it's just, it, like, this isn't Cirque du Soleil. Listen, we, we're going to bail in about 10 seconds if you don't seat us because the effort line is coming up and it's coming up fast. But you've invested all this time and grinding of teeth 
into waiting. That you feel like this investment will not pay off unless you wait a little longer. Well, eventually the old people bail. They probably went over to China Grill Bistro. They couldn't take it anymore. He, I think he just hit his forehead on his knees and that was it. They were done. And my wife is getting hungry. Now, if my wife is starting to complain that she's getting hungry, imagine how I, I mean, I have literally just sort of imploded. My, my, my organs are starting to digest each other. It's just, it's not a good scene. And I think it was my wife, Melissa realizes, oh, wait a minute. It's not that they're not seating people. They're not seating us. And I think the reason they're not seating us is that we're only two people and the parties that are leaving are four. Threes and fours. So we look around the room and do the math and we finally realize there are really only about four tables in this entire restaurant reserved for parties of two. And all the other tables are for four or six or whatever, whatever, whatever. And they are actually waiting for a table of two to open up to seat us. Holy crap, I think I'm going to go nuts. So just as we're about to, I mean, we really are like, I, I can't, you know, I, uh, 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 we could have some fried wonton in our bellies in 10 seconds. All we got to do is walk across the driveway. <laughs> Well, finally, the maitre d' guy gets the hint, like, all right, these two are going to bail. So he has to take the little hostess girl aside and go, listen, you got to seat these two or the bald one is going to snap and that's going to be that. So they finally seat us. And a lady comes over and she's very happy. She's very happy and happy and very happy. And can I get you some drinks? And this is where it starts to get just, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not a foodie and I'm not a whiny. I'm whiny, but I'm not a whiny. Like, what do you call a wine? You know how you call a foodie a foodie? What's a wine person? A wine or wino? I'm not a wino. Okay, let's stick with wino. I'm not a connoisseur of the, the, the great base beverage. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about beer. I don't care about any alcohol. Listen, with the slightest nudging, I would be a certified alcoholic, so I don't drink. That's just, that's the bottom line. So I don't bother. But we sit down and the lady comes over, this very smiley lady who doesn't seem to be a waitress or a hostess or the owner or anybody. I don't know what the hell she's doing there, but she clearly works there. Like, hi, how are you? Can I get you something to drink? So my wife says, well, um, I'd love a glass of Chardonnay. What do you have? You know, by the glass. It's like, oh, well, we've got this and it's kind of oaky, but it's a little silky, but we've got this. You know what you, you, need, you, know what you need to do? You need to talk to Donnie. I'm going to send Donnie over because you got to talk to Donnie. I'm like, oh, really? And she's like, oh, yes. You have to. She's looking at my wife. You, you, if you want this, you, you've got to talk to Donnie. I'll have Donnie come over right away. He's the wine steward. Donnie so great. And how about you? Now, I've been waiting so long and I've had such a long day sitting in the, right? Time traveling in the studio over the internet to Syracuse that I go, listen, baby, do you have Guinness on tap? Please say yes. Just no, we don't. And 
do you have it like in a draft bottle? Anything you got for me? Any Guinness? No, but we do have, and she starts rattling off the names of all this crap that's not Guinness. Listen, I asked for Guinness. Don't, it's like, uh, well, we do have the Pilsner, and we do have this lager. Well, it's, you know, it's kind of not really a darker lager. It's kind of a lighter lager, but it's kind of oaky and kind of, right? It has kind of a, like a, uh, an overtone of uh, cinnamon. And she starts describing it like it's wine, and I'm just, I'm getting yakky. I drink Guinness, and I'm like, well, but it's, right? You've had Guinness, right? Oh, I love Guinness. I love Guinness. It's almost the only thing I drink. Well, it, it, okay. Then why are you suggesting this other jazz? Listen, I like Guinness. It tastes like Guinness. I don't want to drink beer that tastes like cinnamon or apricots or whatever you're saying. It has a finish like of what? What is this? Sideways, baby? I'm trying to order, right? Some liquid potatoes from the motherland. Don't confuse this. With all your, like, whiny wino talk. Capiche? Bring me a Diet Coke. Because I want something with bubbles and I want it to be black. So if you can't bring me a Guinness, bring me a GD Diet Coke and bring it over here now. Or the, Okay? So, so then, so she leaves. She's going to get me a Diet Coke and Donnie. So Donnie comes over. And he's the wine steward. Now, this is Southern California. So that means he doesn't, he's not got a suit on or anything like that. He has a pressed whitish, bluish, light shirt. He looks like he just got out of some kind of J. Crew catalog from, you know, the West Village. I, I, I don't know what's happening. All he knows is that he starts describing wines to my wife as if he's trying to arouse her in an inappropriate nature. Oh, this one starts kind of silky, and then it goes into the kind of the, the smooth. It gets kind of sexy with some some overtones, little you know, a little smoky, kind of hammy, kind of like a little slap on the ass, maybe a little tickle under the earlobe. Like Donnie, if you weren't so clearly not on that team, I I right, I think I would take my not Guinness and smash it over your head. Now, my wife, God bless her, is just kind of grinding you know, right, right the back. She's like lockjawed and just like, uh-huh, 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 <laughs> Can you just give me the one um, that's the most normal? Like a little, like about half as fruity as you, Donnie. Could you do that? Could you just give me, right, a reasonably priced glass of Chardonnay? Without talking about sex to me in front of my husband. So Donnie goes away. All right, he wasn't that gay. Tell you the truth, I didn't notice. I was having some kind of apoplectic shock. My wife just felt it was very inappropriate for, you know, it's just like, don't talk whiny sex talk to the cut okay is that is that really is that why we're here is that why there's so many women coming in here in twos so donnie can talk wine talk to them Ooh, baby <gasps> it starts with a muscular contraction and then there's heavy breathing and then in the back there, it finishes with some sweatiness so eventually donnie comes with uh something for my wife to taste and she tastes She's like, ah, you know uh, or maybe she says, yeah, maybe that's what it was. So she, eventually he brings over something and, and she tastes it and she says, yeah. So he opens the a bottle and it, he tips, he has a glass 
and he tips the bottle. He like leans it on the glass, and here he like okay, and then he goes like the, it goes like the uh, like that, like like he, like he was afraid that some of the wine might actually leave the bottle and go into the, it was like uh, like not. Like, if you're going to have a glass of wine, like, if you came over to my house and I was going to pour you a glass of wine, it would sound like, and then I would go, pong, and there'd be, like, a thing of wine for you to drink. But I forgot we're at a restaurant. We're at a restaurant, and for about $15, you get, like that. That's it. That's it. And it's sort of like, you can't actually discern with human musculature by weight. If you're holding an empty glass or one with in it, because even if you try to like go like swish it around to see if there's a little like centrifugal force action from the liquid in the wine glass, there's nothing. There's no discernible weight that has been applied to the interior of the glass. You just like that, $15. Thank you very much, Donnie, for all your help. Now we're starving. We've ordered. And just as the very happy waitress is about to walk away, my wife goes, one last thing. Um, can we get some bread? And my wife kind of indicates, you know, that circular motion you do like, can we, this is a table at a restaurant. Could you put some bread on it? Could you bring a basket of bread? You know how they do at other restaurants? Could you bring us some bread, please? Now. And the waitress says, we don't have bread service at your table, but if you'd like, you can order a side of flatbreads. <laughs> I am so officially never coming here again. So let me get this straight. It's always 20 minutes before you're going to be seated. Right? It's always 20 minutes. No matter when you come in or when you come back or how long you've been sitting there, it's 20 minutes to get seated. It's $15 for of wine after you've been essentially sexually assaulted by the wine sommelier, whatever his name is. And now you're telling me that you can't even bring what, a dollar and a half's worth of bread to my table? We don't do bread, we don't do bread service? What, the only restaurant I can think of that doesn't do bread service that I will go back to is China Bistro Grill, and you know why? Because it's a Chinese restaurant, they do fried wonton service. I could be knee-deep in double-roasted pork loin Hunan style with fried wonton, hot and sour soup, green tea, fortune cookie, and I could be out of there by now, and you don't even want to bring me some free bread. I hate you. You can smile at me all you want. Donnie can talk sexy, sexy talk all night long. I hate you. I hate you. Because I'm hungry. And you won't bring me bread and Guinness. And so I hate you. But you look around, everybody else is happy as hell.
I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they're so happy. $15 for a and no wa bread. The tap water, I think they scooped out of the toilet. Ah. And in a way, I'm used to not being normal and not fitting in. I'm used to feeling like I'm uh, from another planet. But as a parent, you, you, you always kind of want your, your kid to not go through that. You want your parent, or you want your child to fit in completely. And that's not to say to be mainstream or be unoriginal. I want my kids to be very original and very creative and all that. But I also want them to kind of be able to just kind of have it easy in that way, in that social way, and to, and to like do those things, even though there are kids, and I know it's absolutely genetically and uh, nurturally uh, impossible. And I think it's because I live with fear and, and insecurity and laziness and um, procrastination. But then I went to pick up my daughter at school the other day and they were having this crazy fair at school to, to teach so they let the parents know what was going to happen in the summer. And as a bonus attraction, they had a rock wall. And what the rock wall and the magic balloon guy had to do with any of the other stuff that was going I have no idea. But there was a rock wall. I think it was a 40 or 50 feet high. I don't know. It was like three car lengths in, straight up in the air. It was a gym. And my daughter decides that we're staying and she's going on the rock wall. And she waits in line and she waits in line and she waits in line and she waits in line. And she's not a nervous wreck like I would be. And they harness her up. She's got a big smile on her face. She doesn't seem to have any sense of trepidation whatsoever. Now, meanwhile, kids are going, you know, a quarter of the way up and bailing, halfway up bailing. They're bailing, bailing. A couple, a couple of the older kids go to the top. And they connect her to the rope line thingy that kind of semi pulls them up. And she just goes like spider girl. Wow. To the top. Ding, ding. Rings this big bell. And I'm taking pictures of her with my phone. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she's that high. What, what is she doing? This is insane. And I realized she was being completely normal. She was fearless. She saw something she wanted to do and she just did it. She didn't have to con herself into it. She wasn't doing it to impress anyone else. She wanted to climb the wall and she climbed the wall. And it really makes you think about how many walls you've climbed in your life or wanted to climb that, that you've maybe not climbed. Or maybe you climbed or climbed halfway up, but you're not even sure why you did that. Maybe you're just doing it to impress someone else, your parents, some girl, your friends, to prove that you could at least get halfway up. But the truth is it's not worth even going up at all if it's not really what you want to do. And if it is really what you want to do, you got to make it. Just look up and keep, keep climbing. 
just look up. Not down. Look up. Not down. Look up. Keep going. Ring the bell. Thanks for listening to uh, The Bitterest Pill. That's it for today. You've been listening to the uh, shorter, freer version of The Bitterest Pill. If you uh, want to listen to the long version and the long versions of uh, many, many, many recent shows and uh, the shows to come, uh, become a premium pill subscriber. Go to thebitterestpill.com for uh, further information. Now, on this uh, episode, you know, I I don't know what you heard and what you missed at this point. Uh, I talked about uh, taking my, uh, my computer into the Apple Store to be murdered. Uh, setting up the studio to visit Syracuse via the internet, see all my old radio friends. We went to Tin Pan Alley Restaurant and didn't get bread, and uh, paid fifteen dollars for uh, to sniff a bottle of wine. It was basically an hour of me complaining. I mean, you know how it goes. It's not a mystery, right? Basically, whatever you heard, but uh, longer. And then at the end, I kind of try to pretend to make uh, some sort of point, and uh, I fail miserably. Okay, so listen. If you want to give me a ring, 888-315-5753. As always, I thank you for listening and thank you for supporting The Bitterest Pill. Uh, Talk to you soon.